Wrapping up with Mark Lawrence, Cowtown hosts its first and NCAAs end as expected on today's TX Water Polo Podcast. I'm James Smith in Austin, Texas, and on Skype is Joe Lenahan. Happy Tuesday, Joe. How are you? I'm good, James. Did you make it home okay this weekend? Yeah. You know, what was interesting is that uh, the traffic was not that bad. Like Usually that commute from Dallas to Austin can be tenuous at best down famous i-35 but uh yeah it was just not that bad and we our final game was at two wish it was a little bit earlier that's fine um but yeah was home by 6 30 no problem and even i had time to get the car washed how about that well, there you go for those that are kind of curious uh james participated in the cowtown stampede this past weekend yeah that's true well so did joe yes i did i was i was on the pool deck coaching and i think uh Everybody realized how loud I can be on the pool deck. So. I heard you. I heard you from across the pool. Yes, I can be loud. Yeah. Not mean, but loud. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but, but uh, a shout out to my club. It's the first time Aquatex has ever won uh, a USA Water Polo Sanction Tournament, my 14 and under boys. Of course, it's all coaching, 100% coaching. Had They had nothing to do with it. Of course, I'm kidding. It was a very good weekend for us and actually quite a fun tournament. I don't know if you had the same experience. No, it was great. I mean, we had our Lone Star Mavericks team, which is a team from the colony up here in North Texas and Rockwall kind of combined. Um, a lot of the kids had just started this past fall, so it was great to get them out there and play. We had 11 kids for the 12 and under tournament. It was, and it was lots of playing time, a lot of kids getting a lot better. We won one game, then we were competitive in all the other games. We just didn't break through with another win, but that's okay. So. Yeah, that is okay. Um, so, yeah, thanks to Cowtown for that. And um, we're, they're hosting another one. I saw it on the calendar in February. I think that's right. Um, so the 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 winter spring season is already in play. And that includes uh, Dare to Dream January. This is the I, I don't know how you consider it. But to me, Dare to Dream is like the end of the winter season. Is that the way you would consider it, too? But it's a big tournament in Houston that we've talked about before, but uh, an important one. Yeah, to answer your question, um, I kind of consider the winter game days, like, you know, at the end of January, kind of the end of the winter season. Right. Um, And then like the, and then the spring season starts in February. Right. That's kind of how I kind of consider it. Yeah, that's fair. And then as far as the dare to dream, yeah, the dare to dream, this is a tournament that we started last year. This is a, this is a, this is the second year for it. It is a USA water polo run event. Um, it's going to be at Lamar High School's new pool. I haven't seen it yet, but I, I got to go yeah. look that up too. Yeah, I have no yeah, idea yeah, what but, that's about. Yeah, yeah, but I heard it's a beautiful new pool, um, and it's going to be specifically for 12 and under and 10 and under athletes. So we have all these events for all these older, like like you know the high school season. We have all these like the eighth grade and under events, um, but we don't have a whole lot that are just specifically for the younger kids. So that's so that's what we're trying to do. Um, last year we had, I believe it was nine, 12 and under teams that, right. ended, that, yeah, that ended up playing. That was at spring branch, uh, last year. Um, this year we're hoping to uh, not only have the 12 and under mixed division, but also have a 12 and under girls division and also 10 and under mixed. Yeah. And we are even throwing a, a kind of a few tournament rules in there to help make this happen. One of which is for 12 and under girls. Cause I know a lot of clubs out there, they have some, uh, challenges as far as getting like like the like the younger girls together. We're gonna have it's gonna be a five on five, so four field players and one goalie. Cool. And so the minimum like like you need for a team is five instead of seven. 
Right. And uh, was it um? And we're hoping that that's going to increase that, and we get four or five girls teams. And then the ten and under mixed is going to be um. It's also going to be uh, is also going to be five on five again. You know the four field players and plus a goalie, but it's also going to be um. A 15 yard course. Smaller goals and smaller balls. That's so cool. Yeah. I so love that's that stuff. and I mean that's very similar to soccer. You know, smaller a uh, smaller field, uh, less players. Um, and that'll be and uh, and we're and we're going to really be trying to kind of build that ten and under division kind of moving forward. And the age as of date kind of for that event is actually August 1, 2019. Right. August that 1, helps. 2019. So what that does, it just it just increases the pool of athletes that are going to be eligible. And so our hope is to have an, another eight or nine teams for the 12 and under mixed, but also um, yeah, but also have you know four or five of the 12 and under girls and yeah in yeah in four or five of the of the 10 under mixed. It's I mean it's going to be great. And then everybody yeah we're gonna have medals and trophies. We're gonna kind of have for the medal games like you know announce the kids and uh, and yeah and make the kids feel uh, very special. So nice. Now uh, last year it was held in conjunction with a similar tournament in California. Is that the plan again this year? Yes. Yeah. So for this year it's it's uh, January 18th and 19th. That's over uh, Martin Luther King weekend. Um, this is a uh, we were the second tournament for the Dare to Dream tournaments or like uh, around the country. So the first one is in yeah is in Southern California. It's the same weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, and then this year they are doing another uh, Dare to Dream in Northern California. Oh, cool! I didn't know that. And then they're also doing a, another Dare to Dream on the East Coast. So, you know where? I, I'm I'm just curious. I'm not quite sure off the top of my head. No. Okay. Yeah, that's but great. That, but those will be first year events for those locations. So. Fantastic. That's and uh, and we've already had some some you know there are some people from Florida that were. Uh, kind of inquiring about coming uh some teams you know kind of from the midwest and the mountain zone or have talked about coming so you know it's not we're we we want all the clubs from texas to come again just focus on the younger kids but we're looking to get plenty of teams from out of state as well yeah that would be really cool oh fantastic and yes and and the last thing about it is the games are not going to start until uh early afternoon on, on that saturday and then they'll end probably about five or six on that sunday so you know, it's going to be plenty of time for people to come up on Saturday morning and then still plenty of time for people to, to drive home on on Sunday night, especially since, you know, most people are going to have Monday off because of MLK weekend. Right. When one night at the hotel, that makes a huge difference when exactly. you travel. Yeah. Exactly. Beautiful. It's be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. And are, is Aquatex going to bring anything or, or do you have some kids that are going to play oh, somewhere? Maybe put me on the spot here. Wow. I know. Wow. I know. Uh, the likelihood is low, um, but uh, I have a couple kids that I'd like to participate with somebody. We have a partnership with Longhorn, so maybe we will work something out with them. But uh, yeah, right like, now, like uh, Longhorn had a 12 and under team there this weekend, and yeah, yeah exactly, and, yeah, and they ended up kind of kind of win the tournament. Yep. And I just, you know, for all those clubs that are listening out there, kind of talk to other clubs, and yeah, and try to get 10 and under mixed or 12 and under girls. I mean, try to have your own 12 and under mixed, of course. But, you know, it's um, and athletes can. Yeah. And athletes can play on more than one team as long as they're in different divisions. Yeah. So like perfect. like uh, like a 10 or mixed athlete can play up with 12 and under mixed or a 12 and under girls uh, player can play over with 12 and under mixed as well. Yeah. So lots of there's lots of flexibility. Um, there is no club affiliation uh, kind of for this event. But I mean, we've tried to keep the entry fee down. It's only. 
Um, it's only $300 per team, oh, which is probably yeah. the least expensive uh, weekend tournament kind of entry fee out there. So again, this, we want to make something special for the very young kids. So. Yeah. How many games? Every team's going to get four or five games. Nice. 300 bucks. Yeah. And all then, right. I mean, and it's, and then we're going to have all the banners out and then we're going to have all the, like, it's going to be clocks and referees. Um, even the Viper pigeons who are going to be the local host. Um, I believe they bought an inflatable 10 and under course. Yeah. Those are so, great. So, so what we're going to do with that is, you know, whenever, so we're going to be, uh, playing in the 1200 course and then whenever it comes for the 10 or their games then we're going to put in the 10 or under course oh that's really cool how yeah. we're going to attach it we will figure that out but yep. it's going to be it's yeah but it's but it's i'm like i'm excited it's yeah it, yeah we're going to be at a brand new pool it's in the middle of houston it's at lamar high school it's a great area um and it's and it's it's yeah it's going to be a lot of fun and we'll make sure that the kids have a great experience with it so yeah i'm i'm all for that but you keep reminding us about this new pool at lamar which is a just a big flaming issue here in central texas way where we are crazily short of pools it's making me angry that the they can get pools built down there like it's made out of matchsticks or something well aren't they building the pool in uh round rock someday someday i'm not even sure it's supposed to they know exactly where it's going to be located um but yeah they passed a bond issue and then it's sort of like it feels like it's pretty dormant but i once had to use <sighs> a pool in houston way back in my houston days it was at the dad's club it was a 33 and a third yard pool. Yeah. It, it was it was shaped like a trapezoid. <laughs> and the ladies were doing the water aerobics on one side and we yeah. were told no. So I went and bought a net and strung it across and made sure that and then we had like about a 25 yard uh, section and we did water pull. The water was 85 degrees. Ooh, so sometimes players can't be choosers. We, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, like like you got to do what you got to do. Hey, look, my, so, my, my facility is good. I have no complaints about it. I actually like it quite a bit. It's a six lane, or sorry, eight lane outdoor 25 yard pool. It's all deep and eh, almost all deep. Uh, totally fine. Has a little warm up area. It's all good. It's all good. The only drawback of course, is that we're, you know, at the mercy of the central Texas weather, which, uh, tomorrow night is going to be interesting whether we're going to practice or not. We'll see. Um, I think, I think we will, but yeah, it'd be, it, I mean, look, Central Texas has University of Texas. There's a couple other 50-meter pools in the area, most of which are owned by swim teams that don't particularly want to partner with water polo. And a lot of them made out of glass. That's always good, chucking balls around in, 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 a, in a glass building. Um, but I have now the official right to complain about this because I've been all over the state of Texas and San Antonio and Houston and Dallas, and the facilities are just simply more and better. So let's Let's get going, Central Texas, please. All right, let's move on to Austin College. I think Austin. you have an interview with Mark Lawrence coming up, right? Oh, super quick. I want to go. So we we talked about this uh, last week, but uh, high school season, uh, generally speaking, I, I got some questions about it yesterday from some people about what what's going on. Uh, so we have two more seasons of Tisca water polo in the spring, and there's no particular date on which your team can begin practicing. But generally speaking, you could sort of say mid February is when you can start, right? I mean, is that that's that's sort of like a the convention. Well, I mean, I think there's are there are some schools that will start after districts. Like you know, they'll get some athletes that start playing a little bit after district. They might do captains practices. Um, then there's others that'll start after. Re, uh, okay, that would be district swimming that uh, championships, which is 
normally the end of January. Mm-hmm. And then regions, uh, the region championships are, I believe, the very end of January, <coughs> the weekend of February 1st and 2nd. Okay. Um, and so there will be other schools that start after that. And then there'll be other schools that 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 will wait until after the state high school swim championship, right. which is in the middle of February. Yeah. So I mean, it's you know, if you wait until after state, there might be a lot of kids that are not doing much or just swimming when they don't have a swimming to go to, or you start implementing water polo to a certain extent, and uh, and different schools do different things. Yeah, it really depends, like you know, kind of how many um, coaches you have on staff. You know, if it's if if there's only one coach, then you can only do one thing. You know, yeah. Um, on or if you have some good uh, leadership, then you can have some like you know some captains practices down at the other end and working on drills and skills and stuff like that. So there is a lot of like every program is a little different. So, yeah. But yeah, I mean it's it's you know the competitions are going to start the weekend after the state high school championship. Right. So yeah. The last yeah. full weekend of 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 february february is when that'll start so yeah i'm i i'm just complaining because we in the west um i'm continually encourage my fellow coaches (laughs) to start earlier to start practicing like you're saying like right you know the bulk of your swimmers in general on your high school team are not going to make uil you know which is third weekend of february so you have a couple weeks prior to that to get some work done yeah well james but it's easier it's easier said than done yeah you and i don't coach high school swimming that's true. A lot of these people have been have been coaching high school swimming since the beginning of September. Well, in truth, okay. what I want them to do is join my club. So that that's okay. a that's an entirely different thing. But yes, of course, if you're a swim coach and you're occupied with getting your team ready to go to regionals and districts and state, yeah. then then you don't have time to do that. I get that part. Yeah, like so, like you know, um, I know in the past, you know, kind of what I've done is um, we've done like some camps and clinics prior to high school season, or like yeah, do like a little mini like. A lot of there's really not a whole lot of club water polo practices and competitions for the 18 and 16 under age groups in yes. the spring because of high school season. So what normally happens is a lot of like clubs like like yeah that I've done over the years they'll do like a little preseason uh, preseason high school camp yeah or or, or they'll do some camps kind of during the like the high school season. So um, I mean it's not that much but there's other ways to get them in you know if the high school coach can't do it or help. There's other ways that a, that a, like a local club can assist. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to have uh, some camps prior to the season. Uh, it's, a, it's always been very helpful. So, yep. All right. Enough of that complaining. Um, we'll come back. We'll talk to Mark Lawrence. Their season ended a couple weeks ago. Uh, get his thoughts on what happened for his team, but also some thoughts on the NCAA championships and so on. And we will talk to him next. In many podcasts, this time would be filled with ads for electric toothbrushes or recruiting services. Not here. Instead, we're asking you to show your support for TX Water Polo by donating to it. Go to txwaterpolo.com donate and help us continue covering the sport we love in the Lone Star State. Hey, this is Jesse Smith, recent Pan Am gold medalist. I was just checking out Texas Water Polo from the TX Water Polo podcast. Also, you can check out the website. You can follow me at GoSmith now. Thanks, guys. Oh, well, I'll give you love. That's above. 
Hey everyone, it's Mark Lawrence, head coach of your Austin College Kangaroos men's and women's varsity team. It's time to check in at the, as the season has ended. How are you, Mark? Great. Thanks for having, for having us on, James. Hey, uh, and when you say we, what I think you really mean is you and your gigantic new Great Dane puppy that you uh, brought home just recently. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. He showed up. Uh, he he. We we got him early in the fall when he was about three or four weeks old. No and, kidding. Um, we had to wait till he was eight weeks for to actually get him from from the breeder. So he's he arrived home like three days after we got back from MPSF. So nice. Maybe like two days. So pretty nice. quick turnaround. So. It's a something of a family tradition to have those gigantic dogs. Yeah, yeah, it's our fourth. It's my wife's fourth great day. So Unbelievable. We're, we're excited. So. How how much is it? How much has it destroyed the house so far, if any? Uh, not 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 too much. He's been really great so far. So fingers crossed. Uh, we had both of our men and women's teams over for uh-huh. like a holiday barbecue. So we had like 50 athletes here, and he was just in heaven. So, <laughs> uh, so he's been great. All right, new team mascots. Um, you you did return a couple weekends ago from MPSF Championships. Um, we discussed it on the podcast this weekend and uh, in weeks uh, prior. So give us your highlights. How did things go? We know you won your first game against Penn State Barron. You lost your last game to Penn State Barron, and in between you played Cal. Yeah. So um, overall, with the weekend, like there were some definitely ups and downs. Um, we were really uh, we were excited about you know our first win with PSB in the uh, in like the like our I guess our NPSF exhibition game um, on what it is so it's um, you know we thought we 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 played pretty well um, we thought we played pretty well in the fifth place game against them also and uh, you know we struggled to put away e- easier opportunities we drew a uh, we drew a lot of six on fives um, we created. Uh, a lot of offense and I and I feel that we 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 played really well uh we just didn't finish opportunities and that one game it didn't hurt us when it's all said and done and the next game when it's all said and done right. um absolutely hurt us you know right. so but then also credit credit to them they have um in, in my mind the uh the best goalie at at the division three level um so they have him uh he's a phenomenal goalie and then they also have two senior field players that, you know, in the fifth place game, they played out of their mind. They played great. And, yeah. you know, credit credit to, to them and something for our guys as all freshmen and sophomores to learn from and, you know, grow from. So, Well, but that's the thing, isn't it? It's uh, you, you're a team entirely of uh, underclassmen and uh, you're playing against these teams that do have some experienced players. And I'm sure you're going to be very happy to see the back of that goalkeeper's head. He's graduating, right? I think that's correct. <laughs> Uh, he's a junior. He has oh. one more year. Okay, but, my mistake. But they they graduate their two field players, uh, Isaac and Andres, who are probably both uh, going to get some national honors this year. Um, right. Isaac's, I think, is a three time three time uh, 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 All American. Mm-hmm. Um, going to be a fourth time uh, uh, All American. So we'll be happy. So, but the pretty much program as field players okay you cut out just a little bit so we'll go hold on one second three two one all right so the the 
series with Penn State Baron is over. You also played against Cal, which you did a year ago. And uh, yep. you talked about it before, and you said that that was actually extremely helpful and fun and all that. So was it the same this year, too? Yeah, absolutely. I, like that, Those are the games that I absolutely love. You know, I thought the score was uh, definitely better this year than it was last year. Um, obviously, a different Cal team, a different team for us. Yeah. Um, but it's a great learning experience, though. They they play. They don't necessarily take it easy on us. They swim us two to two for four quarters, and uh, you know they force our guys to have to play play with full uh, effort intensity for four quarters, and and not just give up because how you know. So our guys did a great job of playing hard every single possession and making the most out of every single possession. And they did. Our our guys did great. You know, that's a game that's easy to look at the score and say oh well they got waxed but it, all in all like that one game was probably worth a week of practice for us is you it know? yeah then our, 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 oh sorry what were you gonna say no but you you can you finish your thought please oh i was just gonna say uh and uh, we scored three or four goals that game all by freshmen we had uh uh our freshman goalie blocked two penalty shots that game so there were definitely some um some moments in, in, in that game of success where we were really happy. So, Got it. is it the is it that you're let's say an individual player? Um, you you talked about how it's almost equivalent to practice. That they're just literally learning from let's say somebody who's a little more experienced than them in game situations. Like they the, this guy he noticed this trend tendency and then simply did this and I learned from that. Something something along those lines. Yeah, absolutely. So like I look at a game like that where our defensive centers uh really grew and did really well so like last year our our defensive center alex um you know in that game he was overwhelmed with cal center and with which obviously there's nothing wrong with that uh last year they had a greek national team player mm, uh this yeah. year with with with, with, with cal center so he was still overmatched but he and our and our freshman Cade had multiple steals out of set on set passes so you, you look at moments like that where you go from being steamrolled to where now you're getting two or three steals per game. And, you know, you're obviously still giving up goals. You're still getting getting kicked out. But you're finding small moments of success and, you know, a defensive possession here, de- defensive possession there to find success and kind of win that moment. Um, you know, we, we had a freshman, Nathan Butler, got a goal uh, after he was blocked twice. So wow. he gets blocked twice, um, and then he's not scared to take that third shot, and he understands you know how he was blocked on the previous two and finds a way to, to like score the goal so you yeah. find moments like that where um the guys learn in the moment they learn possession to possession and it becomes a great teacher especially against players who have countless games at the ncaa level the international level you know under their belts so it's a really great experience that is a that, that is a a great experience for a younger player. Um, you obviously at MPSF got to see the other teams. Stanford t- ended up being the national champions, and you know Joe and I spoke earlier about. Uh, I think Halleck is as good a center as I think I've ever seen. So, um, what were your impressions coming away from the tournament overall, and uh, were you surprised that Stanford won the national championship? Yeah, uh, definitely not not surprised. Um, you know, I think. Any given year, nobody should really be surprised when one of the big four wins wins the national championship. Uh, I thought Stanford this year. We we saw them at Navy early on in the year. We obviously saw them at MPSFs and th- throughout the year. I think we saw them at Davis also. And um, I mean they're they are they're dominant. They're awesome. They have great balance. 
on the four five side to the one two side to their center with with Ben, who's probably you know the the best player in NCAA this this year. And um, it was just great. Their the uh, how they can control the games and their play uh, is just super impressive. So definitely not surprised that that they won the the, the entire thing. Um, it's great for our guys to watch those games too. Like we got to watch them play SC. Uh, we got to watch Cal. US UCLA um, all four teams play on the on the semis in the third place game and the first place game and you know our guys just sit there poolside and just soak in <laughs> all, all all the information from those games which is really great so all right and the division 3 had its first championship uh, tournament ever uh, this year that was just completed last weekend Whittier came out on top I don't suspect that you're terribly surprised by them winning at all but what were your overall takeaways from a tournament that featured your former assistant taking his MIT team to a third place finish. Yeah, uh, I thought it was it was great. You know, uh, as the first time ever for the D3 Final Four, I thought it went really well. Um, you know, we 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 had a uh, team watch party to cheer Austin and his guys ah, cool. on at our house, so that was really great. Um, some of the commentary was pretty entertaining and uh, interesting. <laughs> I didn't know they could push people in the back. You know, so that was a really good one. Um, but no, but I mean. I say that kind of jokingly, but all in all, I thought it, 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 it was a great tournament. It was a great event. Uh, we were really proud of Austin and what they did. I thought their semi game could have easily been the national championship game for that mm. weekend. Yeah. Um, they played really well, but you know, I thought Hopkins and MIT did a great job of having a, a, a great showing as non-California programs. And uh, I thought, you know, Whittier was was clearly the best team all year but at the same time i thought mit played him really well i thought cms played him really well um so all in all i think it was a huge success moving forward to 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 continue the uh national championship you know i think fans have to see really high level war polo and you know with whittier you get to see one of the best players in the entire country for division one division three whatever so right um there seemed to be pretty good turnout too, like quite good turnout. Now it's to be expected. I mean, Whittier's playing at its home pool, so there's there's a lot of uh, local fans coming. But I think yeah. the turnout was quite good. I don't know whether your guys noticed that kind of thing or 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 if you did yourself. Uh, it, it was hard to see the way that they were streaming it. It was tough hmm. to see that. Uh, I think they were streaming from like the crowd side, so we didn't get to see that. But we heard from Austin that the turnout was really Got great it. and the, the environment was really great. So cool. So, well, yeah, so. You don't know this, I don't think, or maybe you do, but I spoke with Joe a couple of weeks ago, and I actually, t um, I have signed you up to host Division Three Championships at Austin College. Perfect. So, yeah, Perfect. so I want to get out ahead of that and uh, and just make your decisions for you. Yeah, no, that's perfect. I, you know, it it, it 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 could happen that we 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 bring the Final Four for Division Three to Texas. Uh, we um, the way it's going to work is that we're going to alternate every other year between SCIAC and uh, CWPA. Mm -hmm. And the champion from that conference from that year will host. Got so in, in academic year of 2021, if our men or women win coming out of, of the uh, East, uh, we'll, we'll actually be host. So probably wouldn't be able to do it at Austin College, but I'm sure between <laughs> Westside and SMU or yeah. uh, we'll find a pool somewhere in Texas that would happily allow us to host. Well, so you know, I would love it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe UT Austin, you know, would be great. So yeah. 
All right. As long as, you, as long as you got a paycheck, they're they're happy to host you on on, on particular weekends, <laughs> yeah. you know. So. Um, all right. So what comes a year from now? Like, if can you can you even contemplate what's going to happen for your men next season, or is it too early? Do you even have any no, thoughts about that? Uh, no, we're really excited. We 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 have a couple guys guys committed to the to the program are at this point. Uh, we know we're going to get a couple more, so we're really excited about that. Like our recruiting class is pretty much winding down. Um, we have a handful of kids we're still talking with, but we're really confident in the class that we're going to bring in. We're really confident in the guys that we have coming back from this year's team with sophomores and freshmen. So we're really excited. I think next year is the first year where we say, okay, like the training wheels are off and we can no longer say we're a new program and these are what the expectations are. So I'm really excited for what that's going to bring. I think we have the athletes here who are going to, um, step up and kind of meet those expectations and really, really continue to, to build a, a great program here. So we're really uh, ex- uh, excited about that. You know, this year we had uh, freshman Max Wade had o- over 55 goals this year. Um, our, our two sophomore centers had a combined over 85 ejections drawn. So we have some really great pieces to build on. So we're really excited for what the future is going to bring. And uh, we're, yeah, we're excited for next year. So we are going to host our tournament next year. Uh, September 12th and 13th in Dallas, and uh, we're gonna have we're gonna feature at least two of the big four from the Pac-12 and get some East Coast D1s and West Coast D1s and a couple D D3s and it's, it's gonna be an awesome weekend of Warpo. So I suspect there'll be some live podcasting from that that event. Just yeah, just I, no I, shock. I would imagine I would imagine to be some live podcasting, and uh, we are gonna stream everything, but. We're also going to work with the USA Warpo, where we're the only Warpo event happening in Texas that weekend. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully we'll get a huge turnout. Like I think any kid of any age would be crazy if they didn't want to come and watch Stanford versus UCLA in in Dallas. You know. Right. So, uh, totally but agree. we're we're really really excited about that uh, weekend. And uh, you know, we're gonna have a combination of uh, some of the more uh, experienced Texas referees and some West Coast referees. So it'll be great. A great weekend of competition, a great weekend of like uh, building uh, uh, development for players, refs, uh, for the sport in Texas, and hopefully be a combination of great competition and uh, and you know inspiration for other programs and younger athletes. So right, something really to look forward to. I, I'm genuinely, I feel that way. Like the, it, it's it's totally true. These youth players, they don't often get a chance to see water polo played at that level. Um, yeah. And so how could you possibly pass up the chance to see, uh, let's just say at Stanford and UCLA like that, you, you have to come yeah. and watch. And I can tell you for sure, like right now we, uh, we have we're, we're, right now we have six teams that are, that are already confirmed committed. We're talking to a couple more. We'll get up to eight teams. Um, and then, uh, but right now it's Stanford, UCLA, Air Force, Brown, Laverne and Austin college. Um, and we'll get one or two more. So Great even for kids to come and watch Air Force versus Brown or Laverne versus Austin College uh, will be really eye-opening for the for athletes in uh, Texas. You know, I, I, I think a lot of them, even the ones who play on the premier club teams, uh, need, need to see in person what a huge jump it is to the, to the collegiate level. You know? yeah. So, so it'll, it'll be great for the athletes, for the coaches, uh, for everybody involved. So. Good stuff. Uh, your women have uh, been hopping in the pool, as far as I know. Can you what? what well, we'll talk about that in a lot more detail when your first games begin. But um, 
what are they up to now and and uh what are some general thoughts about your upcoming season yeah so so right now they're on break uh they're focusing on finals and then they're going to go home for christmas break and come back on january 6th so when they come back we'll start in mid-january and you know this fall we had our off season and we didn't do a lot of conditioning this fall uh we really focused on six on six and concepts uh how we want our offense to go how we want our defense to go um, things of that nature, more working on chemistry and uh, how we want to play as a collective group. Um, and then January, we're going to really focus on con- on uh, conditioning and chemistry and, and all that stuff. So uh, we're really excited. Um, you know, we have 17 women this year. Unfortunately, one's going to have to sit out coming back from a, a shoulder surgery. So mm. we have 16 women and um, we're really excited for what the future is. Uh, this, we have two goalies and 14 field players and all 14 field players is very little distance between number one and number 14. So every day is going to, yeah, every day is going to be very competitive and every day is going to be great growth towards, towards our end goals. So we start the season at Brown and then we go to Los Angeles. So eight of our first nine games are against division one, division two wow. West coast schools. Wow. So like the men, we might not have a sexy record on the first half of the season, but that's intentional. So we get to get, uh, as much experience and development as possible through competition. And then we start in mid-March with our, with our actual conference season. And uh, with conference, you know, top two teams will go to nationals. So we're really excited about that. So the first half of the year is just stay healthy, get better, you know, work on uh, chemistry, get a, a couple wins here and there, you know, surprising teams, and then be ready for conference play. It sounds like uh, Monty, the Great Dane, is just as excited as you are for the upcoming season. But uh, yeah, I think we're done absolutely. for this. We're done for now. <laughs> so Mark Lawrence, head coach of the Austin College men's and women's varsity team, thank you very much for your time. Awesome. Thanks, James. Have a have a great day. Double team deflection. Balls loose. Yaustra. Ball game. Hi, I'm U.S. Olympian Janai Kerr, and when I need to stay up to date with my water polo news in Texas, I listen to the TX Water Polo Podcast. It's James and Joe back with you to finish up today. Um, NCAA season is now officially over. I wonder what the viewership was of uh, the national championships, because that's been increasing over years, but I'm not sure how that goes. But anyway... Both the NCAA championship and the Division Three championships were this weekend. Um, we just got finished talking with Division Three coach Mark Lawrence, and I'm sure their aspirations are to make that tournament, but not this year. Um, it had a Final Four of Whittier, Claremont Mud Scripps, uh, MIT, and Johns Hopkins. Whittier came out on top. A defensive struggle of a final game over uh, CMS, five to three. I mean, all the games that led up to it were were much more higher scoring games. But Whittier completes the season as the top Division three uh, school in the country, at least according to this USA Water Polo Tournament. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I heard only great stories about the tournament. I heard it was uh, Whittier was a great host. Um, it was a it was kind of a grand experiment with USA Water Polo and the NCAA, and I think yeah. it it yeah it came off great. Um, it was again for those that don't know, it was two teams from the top two teams from the East Coast and top two teams from the Skyac kind of played. It was Whittier, Claremont Mud Scripps, Johns Hopkins, and MIT. And uh, you know Whittier played MIT and beat them 12-8 in the in the semifinal. And the other semifinal, Claremont Mud Scripps beat Johns Hopkins 14 to 11. 
and then they played the placing games, the, like the first and second game. And I, and as James mentioned, oh, it was a defensive struggle. It was, and Witter won the championship. And then MIT came back um, and beat Johns Hopkins in, in the in the third place game. So right, they they, they had a good year that team. Um, and obviously, there's a connection with their coach who coached at Austin College, Austin Ringheim. So, well done to him. Well done to his team. And congratulations to them at the end of the season. Um, at the other end of the state, or at least midway up in Stockton, uh, NCAA championships took place. And a bit, I, I watched the final game, or at least I watched the replay of it. You know, the only takeaway that I got from it is that, you know, Stanford's very good. But Ben Halleck, that guy is maybe the best center that we've seen in this country for a decade. Um, he he continue, you, you had an anecdote. You told me about playing against him at, uh, you know, at a younger age. And you, I think you described him scoring even when he had three people hanging all over him. And that's what happened uh, on Sunday. Like UOP has some big dudes and they were all over him and he would score anyway. So anyway, I'm I'm uh, I'm impressed. Yeah. And just to clarify, I coached against him. Yeah. I didn't, did I say play? Uh, okay. <laughs> what was it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Ben, take him to yeah, the hoop. I mean, I think he's been groomed. He's a big dude. I think I think his parents, uh, I think his father was a professional football player, big athletic guy. Um, and those are the type of athletes that kind of that start water polo at a at a very young age. And they and they're the they're the same people that can that are like the Serbians that start playing that are yeah. six foot six and huge. That's what Ben Halleck is. Yeah, for us. And he was given a great opportunity at the 2016 Olympics to play for the Rio for the men's national team in Rio. And, and I mean, he was what, high just school. out of high school then. Right. Yeah. So, exactly. and I, or I think he gave up his freshman year. He, he didn't play his uh, freshman year to be able to play at that event. And that experience is going to pay off down the, yeah, kind of down the line. And I mean, he, yeah, he is, he's one of those once in a generation kind of centers. And I think the U S is going to be, that much stronger this upcoming summer because of that so yeah i think so too i'm i'm again i'm impressed that that because it we've had really good centers over time for the u.s national team but i um and maybe halleck is going to be cut down to size a little bit when he's playing against the top of the team serbia croatia montenegro the rest of them that's fine but but he just shows these skills that i don't think i've seen in any in any time recently so anyway Stanford beats Pacific 13 to eight. The final game was uh, it was okay. It was it was okay. That Stanford went up five to three. It didn't really seem like they were under a great deal of threat um, throughout the game, and so it ended up I think the way that uh, well both of us predicted it, and um, so we're of course 100% correct all the time. Um, and, but anyway, it was it was a good finish to the season. Stanford was uh, I think a worthy champion. Uh, um, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing them again next year. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I think Stanford was the best team throughout the year consistently. They have they have uh, some of the best players, and I think this is the first time that Stanford's won an NCAA championship in a long, long time. They didn't win last year. Did they? Yeah. 2002. Sure. Can you believe that? I mean, that was Vargas's first year, and having moved here from the Bay Area, I know there have been little rumblings about whether, you know, there's always rumblings about whether coaches will remain who haven't, fulfilled national championship aspirations and but you know we can have that debate all day long because there are other motivators for for uh, athletic directors and athletic programs to keep coaches but yeah he has they have been expecting to win this more than on a uh, more than one occasion since 2002 but so it's it's pretty surprising it's been 17 years since they last won 
Yeah, I mean, but you know, he may ha- he may not have won, but he's been in the top four almost every year. No doubt about that. Yeah, he's always. So it's up kind there. of hard to get rid of coaches that are consistently in in, in the top four, and they've been close a few times along the way. So. Close, and he graduates his kids, and they're you know they do well in that regard. So you, it's it's uh, that's the real reason why he's he's uh, he and many other coaches are in their place because they're doing their jobs. So, all right, congratulations to them. Um, I think they might be coming to Texas next year. I can't remember if they're on tentatively on that uh, on the agenda for that tournament, but we will follow that up. We got a lot of time to do that um, as the months progress. And what he's talking about, and what James talked about, Austin College is going to be hosting a tournament in September of 2020, um, and it's going to be up in North Texas. It's going to be at uh, I think it's Tenley Schedule at the Louisville West Side uh, Aquatic Center. And it's going to be bringing in like eight teams from coast to coast here, including some big, some big boy teams yeah. from like, you know, and like, you know, maybe Stanford and yeah, and maybe UCLA as well as some strong teams from the East Coast. It's going to be yeah. a lot of fun. That'll be really good for us, for the state of Texas. Really good. Anyway, we'll follow that up as it approaches. One little final note about uh, about this past week. Uh, we made our ODP selections for both boys and girls. Those were published earlier the published really on Saturday, um, and uh, so we've gotten some feedback about traveling to Utah for West Region Championships on January 10th through 12th. Um, I literally just posted an update, so those of you who are interested in, in what's going on as far as travel, you can go to the website at odpswz.wordpress.com. Um, but yeah, it's exciting. I mean, because we're bringing so many kids, it's going to be really fun. Um, and uh, we get a bunch of games over two days. Um, uh, you know, the coaches, the national coaches get to see some of the players that might not have made the roster at national championships. But uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, except I am worried about driving a van in January in in Utah. So I need guarantees that the weather is going to be good. Yeah, the weather may not be good, but the roads will be just fine. Okay. I mean, That's this all is I in Utah. Know. It snows there every year and it snows a lot. That's right. And you're going to be like basically between the airport and the current aquatic center is probably about 15 minutes. Oh, is that it? Yeah. It's not that far. And it's going to be within the city. Everything's going to be nice. Don't worry about it. Okay. You'll be fine. Uh, all right. Just don't. Re- yeah. I mean, uh, just don't do donuts on the highway or something. Like uh, you've that, so. reassured me. I won't do that. No. I, and, I, I'll, I, and I'll be out there as well. So. Cool. Yeah, that's great. Well, we'll hook up there. Um, I, other than that, I think we're done. You have anything else? No, just bring your winter clothes to Utah. That's all. No kidding, man. Oh, I haven't looked at the weather, so I don't know whether it's been snowing it's so be far. Cold. Okay, it's gonna be cold. That's fine. Indoor pool. So. That's yeah, what uh, they actually have a winter there. Yeah. We, had, I mean, it, I mean, it's cold here right now. Yeah, but it'll get warm in a couple of days. So yeah, we have a will. we have a cold front season here in Texas. They have yeah. a winter. So. Yeah, they have a winter. That's a good point. All right, go to txwaterpolo.com to listen to the podcast. Find us on social media. Leave comments and do all that stuff. We may make some changes for the holidays um, as far as uh, when we do this podcast again. So stay tuned about that. I think we'll be on next week for sure. The week following, I'm not quite sure what we're going to do. Maybe we'll just have, uh, we'll play Christmas music. Uh, But for today, we're done. So, Joe, thank you very much, as always. All right. Stay warm down there, James. We'll do you too. And thanks to all of you for listening and for telling a friend about TX Water Polo Podcast. Until next week, so long from Austin.